Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about The Invisible Man. I am very happy to be joined for the first time in a few months by my friend Graham Hall to talk about this one. Graham, thanks for being back. Hey man, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, I was saying this to you last time, I don't get as much of an opportunity these days with our busy schedules to see as many movies as I would like. You know, you always tell me to, I got to get on that movie plan, but not right now, but I had to go see this one, especially after seeing the reviews that it got. The trailer piqued my interest and hearing from you, you know, that was the final straw and I I was pretty glad I did, man. Yeah, I, I I appreciate it, and I uh, and the, no shame in not seeing as many movies these days. It just means you have more of a life than I do. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, the, the 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 yes, the Invisible Man is the newest movie from writer director Lee Wan L, who last did the uh, movie Upgrade from 2018, which I also did an episode of with Graham on my old podcast. And so I was kind of I was glad I was able to get Graham to rejoin me for this. It's uh, it's a different take on the classic H.G. Wells story from I guess the 30s, I think. Uh, but, I mean, I think they really kind of take it in uh, very different directions as the movie stars uh, Elizabeth Moss as a woman named uh, Cecilia Cass who is trying to get out of an abusive relationship with her husband, whose name is Adrian Griffin, who is a famed uh, optics scholar or optics expert who's very good at just doing different things involving sight, I suppose, would be the way to put whatever his uh, his specialty is. And uh, he's very rich, and he, but he's also an abusive uh, person, and she escapes from the relationship in the very thrilling opening scene of the movie and has her sister pick her up and drive her away as he tries to chase her down and punches a hole in the window. And she is hiding out at... Uh, a friend's house. I'm not exactly sure how close of a friend he's supposed to be named James, an police officer. And he's played by Aldous Hodge. He has a daughter storm played by storm Reed named Sydney, who is kind of of college age approaching that. And she's just hiding out there kind of somewhere where Adrian's not going to find her. When all of a sudden news comes across of his death by uh, suicide and they end up, she ends up, you know, thinking okay maybe i can go outside and enjoy myself a little more when she begins to feel haunted by something and thinks hey maybe uh he's not as dead as everyone thinks and he's there trying to make my life miserable and ruin it uh without anyone being able to suspect him because he faked his own death and we're then just left to watch her kind of struggle with that and as people in her life begin to doubt her so uh, that is where the movie kind of takes off for most of its runtime graham what did you think about this movie overall, and did you find it to be uh, as thrilling as the movie was sold out, sold to be? I did actually, and I, you know, first I, I got to say that you brought up Upgrade, and I got to say right away that I liked this movie far more than Upgrade. I, I thought that it was a noticeable improvement for for the director, mainly because I think that you know you you touched on some of the previous you know tropes and what it was inspired on, but the movie kind of just reeked of originality the entire time. Uh, they did a very good, good job at establishing a, a slow yet suspenseful quick pace, um, which is a delicate balance as we all know. And, uh, I think they did for, especially the first 40 minutes of the movie, an extremely good job at making you wonder, even if you've seen the trailers, uh, and knew what the movie was about and, or even it had it spoiled for you that it made you believe really that possibly this was all in her head. Um, you know, the brother coming into the picture and, uh, having this eloquent emotional story about his background where you found out more about the char- characters and added some, some depth and twists and turns along the way, you know, until really that reveal where she hits him in the suit. I think there was reasonable, 
you know, a lot of belief created that she could be going crazy. And, and part of what they played off of was not only we've seen many movies, you know, how, where domestic violence is handled, but the scene where she's walking out the door, the dread that she senses from that scene. And, and then later on to, you know, the diazepam from people telling her that, you know, she's going crazy. We've seen that in recent movies as well to getting I was thinking of the movie Unsane when she was getting strapped in the hospital room against her bed and then he was already in there. That that made me think of that movie a lot. You know, it just did a very successful job at knowing what kind of movie it wanted to be and then going 100% in. And once you invest in, in your idea, you really have a chance at your movie being successful. And I thought that this movie did a great job. La- last thing I'll say before I throw it back to you, and, and you may want to disagree with me here. I actually think you may, but... I really was not a huge Elizabeth Moss fan, um, even though I do like Handmaid's Tale and, and several um, movies that I've seen her in for sure. But I still struggle to separate uh, the Scientology <laughs> aspect Ooh, from yeah. her. Yeah, not to totally, you know, you know, get into off the rails here in a sense. But this movie did a good job at making me forget that I was watching Elizabeth Moss. And I think that is extremely <laughs> tough to do and that speaks to i think how good she really is and you have to give her that credit yeah i can't i can't blame anyone if that's like a barrier for them to get over while watching her it's something that like i i'm able to compartmentalize i sometimes it's harder for me to do that with actors and things that they're involved in off the screen and for some reason that's something that's never quite bothered me with her i only watched the first like three episodes of the handmaid's tale i just didn't need that sadness in my life i had other things i could invest my time in uh but i mean i i've always thought she's pretty great in uh in, in mad men or uh top of the lake or uh the other indie movies she's done and this is but this is like really the first movie that she's been the lead in that was like a big release that made like a lot of money on an opening weekend so and i and i thought she was like uh, I thought she was really good in the movie. I think we could actually talk around spoilers until we get to the end for this movie for the most part because I don't think it's a spoiler to like mention that you know she's not actually crazy because it, in the trailer it shows the tra- her yeah, that's why it I shows, it shows her like splashing the paint on the guy. So I mean even and I think I'd even I didn't watch the trailer that many times but I did remember that and even despite remembering that I was like huh maybe this is all going to kind of be in her head anyway and or something like that and I thought like you said I thought the movie did hmm. a good job of like actually kind of like making you think that might be the case for a little while until that happens and it becomes evident that's not really the case but there are also like a few moments that where like that aren't from her perspective where like the thing with the stove, you know, like that's not we're just observing her. We're not looking at it from her viewpoint at that point, and you kind of see stuff happening there. So there's hints, but I, at the same time, I'm still like, and even like the uh, the girl getting the girl gets punched before she throws the paint on him. So I mean, I, there should have been other tells, but like at the same time, I, I, there was like that creeping doubt because I was like, huh, maybe there is like something a little more here. It's just eerie enough, and she's gone through it with the ringer enough that like. I had that in my head, and I, I like that the movie could create that doubt in me, even though there was so much other reason to realize that that was not the case. And one other thing I, I do want to say, though, is that you know I think you, you were comparing this to uh, Upgrade and maybe other, and I, I was thinking about it like in regards to other horror movies too, because we, we did Upgrade, we did uh, uh, or we did Glass last year. I don't know, uh, and we, so we've talked about other things that are like horror adjacent, like you know sometimes people will give M Night Shyamalan movies the 
like the just the categorization of being more thriller than horror and that's normally how i like to describe what i enjoy in these movies like i like them where they're closer to thriller than horror where it's not a bunch of jump scares or something like that because i i'm just not the kind of person that has that kind of reaction to really traditional slasher horror movies like i don't really the jump scares just don't get me and one thing i respected a lot about this movie and i'm curious what you thought about it was that like it did such a good job of just like making you feel really tense without doing anything. Like it was very patient in certain moments of just like letting the camera rest when you knew something might be there. And I just like got all jittery and like skeeved out. And just cause I knew something was probably there and I didn't know where, and my eyes just start darting around the blank space on this, the empty space on the screen. That's not occupied by Elizabeth Moss. And I was just like creeped out in a really effective way. And I thought it was like a way to really, really generate a lot of tension without having to be that flashy. Like, I don't know what kind of general physical reaction or psychological reaction you normally have to horror movies, but I just thought it was really impressive that this one, like really like kind of uh, made me feel really uncomfortable without actually having to be that flashy at times. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that the real horror was often in the suspense of, you know, when things didn't happen, you know, knowing that he could be in the room at any time with her. Um, you know, once you had that fear, you didn't know what was going to happen in any scene. And, and once they kind of established that, I thought that that fear kind of just lived with you as a viewer so much so that you, you were kind of expecting a jump scare in any scene. And then when they didn't happen, you kind of came way relieved so that every scene was still kind of, you know, impactful and, and had you watching. And then, you know, even when you aren't expecting something to happen, you know, like you mentioned, um, Sydney getting, getting hit in the scene where, you know, she's crying on the floor and then Sydney is, you know, accusing her of getting hit. And then we don't even need to get into, you know, the crazy, you know, throat slash scenes later on in the movie, but kind of going back to the whole mental health aspect, I thought that was one of the ways that it worked extremely well you know, the making her feel that, you know, she was, um, you know, not, uh, you know, it was like not really seeing it, that, that it was all in her head. That is something that I think is one of the reasons the show Homeland has been so successful for so long is that, and some people will say that, you know, it's past the point of believability, but um, I think that it did such a successful job because we do have this, you know, mental health stigma in America where if you are, on you know or diagnosed with a mental health illness or if you're on any type of diseases like this that you therefore aren't a reliable person or 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 therefore you you know can't be trusted or what you say has to be taken with a grain of salt or you could more long to be you know more prolonged to be seeing these you know hallucinations that's something that i i think is certainly controversial in our society how you can't just write off people just because of their mental health status and um well i wanted to ask you about that like how it handles being kind of a movie about both mental health but also just about believing women because as you kind of mentioned earlier like that's obviously just a big thing and other horror, a huge factor it, movie, it, yeah. it, it, but it's also it's 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 been a theme in like a a few horror movies in recent years and i i thought a little bit about happy death day during this i don't know if you ever saw those two movies uh but like uh, those are largely kind of about like trauma and, and believing women that go through assault and things and repeated assaults and stuff like that and and here i was wondering like did it how did it strike that balance for you because at the same time i was like maybe they didn't even need to have him fake his death if they wanted to kind of get that point across because uh at the same time it's like you know i get it like we should believe women and all that stuff but it's like within the context of the movie none of these people have any reason to believe that guy is anything other than dead so it's hard to like really fault them when they're like you know 
we're not really sure if we believe you. Like he, he could have been like haunting her without having faked the death. And then people maybe still would have been skeptical about her. And then at that point they would have looked even, they would have looked pretty dumb for not believing her because this guy's an optics expert. Yeah. I think that that's one of the ways that, you know, you go into every movie suspending disbelief. And when you're told right away in the first 10 minutes, you know, and shown photos that this guy is dead, you know, and the brother pulls out the photos of him having slit his wrists on the bathroom floor. You know, we, the movie's already created this, you know, this belief that you're on her side because you've seen the abuse angles. Um, so you're already believing that, you know, he's probably faked his death. Um, if you knew the premise of the movie. So I, I thought that that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it was necessary totally, like you said, but I think it kind of, you know, getting that out there right away that they had, you know, verifiable proof that he was, you know, not, it wasn't just like a, Oh, he's gone missing because then, you know, instantly the facade, like you're saying is over and people are like, Oh, well, you know, we haven't seen him. Maybe she's right. But the fact that they believed that they had this body there and that, the brother was handling, handling, you know, the trust, um, and that he was a well-renowned, you know, that's another thing the movie I think touches on is that we have this, um, belief in society that if someone is, you know, famous or, you know, well-liked or a genius regards in their field that they are therefore, you know, a good person because they do good works. And, and often, <laughs> you know, with scientists, Can I give think their money to that, places. After, yeah. After that. You know that, yeah. Yeah, it often is we as we come to know is it's a guilt reliever for for many, not not all, but a lot right. of people. Um, certainly, and you know, a scientist. I think many people have the stigma that a scientist, especially someone who works in something like maybe optics or anything with vision, wants to give people you know a better vision in the world, is a good person that their will is going towards the greater good. So you you already establish this character that the whole outside world likes, and that's a whole you know. Another issue that I think, you know, and I, I'm not trying to speak out of place here, but I can only imagine what a, a woman in an abusive relationship dating someone that the whole outside world thinks is, you know, great. I, I can imagine how that makes that person feel crazy, which is the word that um, Elizabeth Moss's character keeps using. Like, I, he makes me feel like I'm crazy because everyone else thinks that he's this great guy and he manipulates them. And, and that's something that we totally see in society where we find out, especially in the Me Too era, that all these people that we, you know, romanticized in a sense were really horrible people once they weren't on camera. Yeah, that's a good point that I hadn't even really thought about in that way. Like, I mean, people that are – I think the Me Too movement, a lot of the women that led it, they did a really great job of like making sure that we did not forget about people that weren't famous that were also affected by sexual assault like – like hospitality workers and people from like not as high socioeconomic statuses and they did a really good job of that and sure there's a lot of advantages that come with being a famous person if you're trying to kind of fight back against something like that due to the resources and the way you can sway public opinion but at the same time uh the, the one the if there is one thing that maybe is working against someone that's famous that's uh, uh assaulted or harassed by a famous person uh, as opposed to just like a regular man harassing like a, a woman that's not famous it's the fact that like they got to deal with like just the public response to that person and there's in many cases i mean this is just like a famous scientist so maybe not on the same level as like an entertainer or something but just a, any famous man is going to have some contingent of like really irrational vocal supporters that they have to deal with and while that's not necessarily a huge part of this movie it probably is just a concern when she's trying to get people to believe her. And that's, that's pretty messed up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that kind of just goes off of, you know, like you said, that there were so many, I think 
people who fell through the cracks in the Me Too movement. And it was important to have some central figures there, sure, to, to you know, make the movement um, give it footholds, absolutely. But it, at, at, its, at the peril, the you know, other side of the sword is that you forget about the other people who, you know, who their only hopes are civil, you know, litigate you know legislature and stuff like that to get litigation yeah yeah litigation to get their revenge and and to feel good you know to to again and then that's that's totally sad to me and that you know i couldn't help watch the movie and and feel that for her and and that's again why i thought despite her being a scientologist you still felt bad for her exactly i was able to (laughs) about 40 minutes in i was able to remove that um from my mind, because even, you know, and I hate to bring that up, but when I'm watching Handmaid's Tale, you know, it's hard for me to, and this is just me, it's hard for me to totally remove this, you know, feeling of, oh, man, this this woman is trapped in this cult-like, you know, <laughs> America, you, while she we willfully does that, you know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm not trying to be it's totally fair. controversial. No, it's, it's, or not, it's, not un, it's not unfair. It's not unfair. But in this day and age, we have so much information about the people, you know, and that's kind of funny that we're sitting here talking about a movie that talks about, you know, when the cameras stop rolling, what is that person really like afterwards? And meanwhile, Elizabeth Moss is, you know, a member of the church of Scientology. So, I mean, what's she like when the cameras are off? So really speaking about just the movie, I thought that it really did a really good job in this day and age. I think that we have too many movies that, you know, try to tackle so many themes that, the message loses entertainment value when, as we both know, if you focus on the entertainment value and, and get your themes in there subtly, so the viewer is just smart enough to pick up on it. And then they, it hits some, you know, within 72 hours later, that that's the effective way to go. And, and not to say that a movie like us, you know, by Jordan Peele is a bad movie in any sense, because we both know that it's absolutely fantastic, but this is a totally different type of, horror and suspense movie than that because of, of the way it executes um its fear of something common in society and um i i think that there ha- has been a slowly evolving mindset in regards to you know the horror subgenres like this that people are realizing that horror doesn't need to just be a slasher movie or doesn't need to be just horror throughout that you can make a meaningful thought-provoking engaging topical and totally relevant in society movie while also making it one hell of a ride. And and I think that this movie, uh, you know, did all that exactly. And I, I I think that we need a lot more movies like that in a sense right now. You you talked about just how, how well the movie was executed technically. And before we moved on to talk about spoilers, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, Did you have any other thoughts specifically on the action? Because I heard they actually did a pretty cool mix of just uh, practical, um, practical effects, you know, like whether it be like someone pulling a string to uh, close a door as opposed to just having the guy uh, wearing a green suit to be able to make him invisible because that could get kind of tricky. But I thought everyone did a really good job of pretending like they were getting beat up by nothing. Uh, how did you – what did you think about just how the movie uh, technically pulled off just having this kind of presence throughout that like literally had to be invisible but had to convincingly be like knocking people off their feet? Yeah, I think that it, it struck that balance really, really well. I think that – uh, obviously, you know, you can sit back and watch the scenes where she's fighting, you know, nothing and uh, and sit there and be like, oh, man, she's probably, you know, wrestling, fake wrestling some guy in a green screen. But if you sit sit there and hope that it's a practical effect, you know, I think you can really appreciate 
the acting that goes into it more because you still, even if it's someone in a, in a, you know, a, a, on a green screen or in a suit or whatever, you know, it's still, um, someone who right there has to act that out and doesn't get the, you know, the bounce back emotions from another actor because they they don't get to see their face off. And, um, I thought that the movie did a good job having plenty of those scenes also. And then what you said, like someone just using a string to shut the door or, you know, that scene where she walks out of the room to get Sydney up for bed and the bacon cooks in, you know, 20 seconds really quick and turns on fire. And then the knife falls off the counter in a really strange way that it looks like, you know, it was pulled off. I, I thought that that one that looked like it was kind of straight out of paranormal activity for me, you know, the way the camera was set up yeah. and you're just wait, looking all around the room yeah. and being like, all right, what's going to happen here? I, I thought that, you know, even if you can say that, well, that took, you know, it was inspired by many, many movies with its scenes, you know, that's what cinema is learning from what came before and, and finding a way to evolve. That's why we keep saying every single year, well, movies should be getting better because, you know, they should be evolving and learning from what came before. And this movie, I think did a really good job overall, just with its all around balance, uh, you know, it switched it up in every single scene. I felt like nothing kind of overstayed its welcome. One thing I will say right before we get into spoilers real mm -hmm. quick is I did feel, um, and again, we can nitpick, I think here, because I think I've already said that I thought the movie was yeah. really, really good, but I think there were some scenes that were a little cringy and maybe, maybe, maybe that was the point. I mean, when she gets the money and, you know, is with the ladder, you know, early on where you don't know where that scene with the ladder is going and you know, they're kind of just really awkward, you know, what's this dynamic with Sydney and, and her and, well, it was you weird. know, I, at that point, I didn't know I how close she, I didn't know how close she actually was supposed to be to them as a family. Because exactly. It, well, the thing is, like, at first I thought, like, this is, like, some random friend of her sister's who Adrian wouldn't know because she's only going to want to hide somewhere where they can't find her. But then it's kind of implied they actually have kind of, like, a long relationship and she's close to the family. But, like, then why would she put them in danger if she's trying yeah, to, like, hide out is, from him? So, so, and I, I thought about this more in the 24 hours since I've yeah. seen it, you know. It, that scene, I was thinking it just like you, oh, this is a stranger. And that's why that, that latter scene felt so jarring because it was like, oh, now they are really, really close with these people. And then when she's up in the attic and finds the phone and gets a phone call from downstairs, it says on the phone, James house. So he had James's house uh. saved in his phone, I, you know, maybe that's one of those you're I'm thinking too far into it, but I yeah. really kind of felt like that was it a miss. Didn't think totally thought missed. out. Yeah, it's a little bit of a it was a you little know, bit of a goof. Because why would that be in his phone if they were really but but at the same time, but they must have realized it because later on she talks about how she wanted, you know, James to be part of his life. Like he introduced she introduced him to James. Um and they had talked about that earlier, but like you were saying, it wouldn't have made sense for her to hide out there if that was really the safest place, you know, she could have gone. That would have been like the third place he would have checked. Yeah, yeah, there was that close of a friend that he knew the friend. That 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 was just that was just that's a, my one nitpick. That's yeah, no, all no, saying, it know? confused me for a little bit, and I, you know, and I agree. And there's some other nitpicks I'll have when we move get into spoilers. But the only other thing I'll say is I I I, I wanted to just give a shout out also to the visual effects and the action and all that. I mean, it's either like really good visual effects or it's really good acting on the part of uh, Elizabeth Moss to seem like she's believably getting fought by an invisible person because 
if there's not a guy in a green suit on top of her that's that's really hard and if the green suit guy is there there's a lot of editing that goes into that to like make sure that it looks totally clear and i heard that they had to do less of that than they even expected to because it, while it's okay to edit it's harder to edit it out if any part of the guy is like blocking her face from the camera and so there's like a lot mm. of like little small technical things like that that you might not think about that kind of go that kind of go into it and they they were able to pull all that off so i uh I I, I I was just very very impressed with uh, all the action. It's not, before we before we tell anyone to go away that hasn't actually watched the thing yet. I think it's pretty clear to say both you and I would definitely recommend going to see this movie, especially because we're at a, a little bit of a slower time of year. I know we're getting the new Pixar movie coming this weekend, but uh, maybe different demographics for these two kind of movies. Even though I'll be seeing Onward also, so not a lot of other options. So I, I really think people should give this one a chance. And it sounds like you agree. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would probably give it a nine out of 10. Wow. I think I'm a little more biased, uh, towards horror movies, but with that sense, I think that, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this. I thought that the more I thought about it, I was more disappointed with horror movies in 2019 than I hoped to be. Honestly, I had bigger expectations for it too. Crawl. Yeah, it wasn't great. I like crawl at cemetery. I mean, I'm not I saying I you know, liked them, but okay. I, I gotta I ask. So you, so you saw crawl. You saw crawl. Oh, right? I, I try and see every okay. horror movie. Can I ask you? That, can that I ask you a out. quick aside about crawl before we get to spoilers? Of course. Uh, so the the main our main character in that movie, she is a University of Florida student. You've lived mm-hmm. basically your entire life in Gainesville. You've probably spent uh, more time than ninety nine percent. Oh, of people I know like you're. Her. I can't. You're gonna make me upset. You're gonna you, make me upset. You probably. You probably. Of course, it was unrealistic. Well, no, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm just saying you probably spent. More, more than like nine, you're in the 99th percentile of people I know is part, part, probably the amount of time you spend in the Odo, the O'Connell Center, where the Gators play and where the swim team play, the Gator basketball and the swim team perform. And I actually thought this, that where they actually had the swim meet at the beginning of that movie, I thought it looked like they filmed, like, I thought it looked similar to what the Odo actually looks like. But they, I learned that they actually filmed, like, a lot of this movie in, like, Croatia or something like that, or, like, some random European city. Mm. So I'm wondering, did they actually film in the Odom, or did they, like, and then film the rest of this thing in Europe? Or did they just do a good job of recreating the Odom in uh, in whatever European country it was that they filmed it? I don't know if you actually thought anything about that when you saw the, how they were portraying the Odom swing pool, but it, I thought they actually got it pretty close. I don't know if you even remember that, but that was, like, a thing that I, jumped uh, out to me. I did think it looked a lot like the indoor you know, when you go yeah. into the O-Dome and see it on the left there, um, you know, and, and maybe that's just our, our stereotype of, you know, that's <laughs> the pool that we've been around in right. a sense. But I did think it, it, you know, it looked like it was filmed in a Florida high school. What bothered okay. me the most about that movie was the fact that, you know, jumping on I-75 in the middle of a hurricane. I mean, come on, come on. What are we doing here? I mean, what are mean, we doing? I mean, like, I, there are some people that are pretty cavalier about their reactions to hurricanes and, like, around here because, like, I mean, they're just like, look, I've seen – I know I've seen worse. I can ride this thing out. But, like, uh, going straight into a Category 5 like that was – that 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 was definitely a bit much uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, so, anyway, anyway. Yeah, no, so they actually filmed, <laughs> they filmed the movie in Belgrade, Serbia. For so they, I don't know if you thought they did a good job of recreating mm. Pasco County, but I, I, I just looked that up. But uh, but yeah, so everyone, go watch The Invisible Man, and then when you're done, come back and jump back to this part of the podcast because I want to talk about the end of the movie with Graham a little bit and not spoil it for anyone that hadn't made the choice to go see it. But uh, Graham, I would say the end of The Invisible Man. I, I thought it was all very well uh, technically done and very exciting from in. What I'll first ask you is, I think you saw you, you saw this movie at noon on a Monday, so I'm guessing it wasn't the most full theater. Was there? It was about eight other people. Okay, so probably not much of a reaction when uh, the sister gets gets it in the restaurant, huh? Not at all. A lot of people, I think. So I watched it with my dad, and luckily yeah. in movies like this, my dad will convey the reaction for you i mean he was loudly like oh shit <laughs> i mean and, he was, and, and you know that was 
that was kind of what I was thinking, you know? And I mean, because you, you see that split second and um, you, you see that split second of, of it being in the air and whew, yeah, um, whew, you know, I, 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 I have to give that credit because also <clears throat> I think that's also part of the reason why Midsummer was my favorite horror movie of last year is because there are just those moments of deep serenity where you've lowered your guard and then they hit you real quick and they're like, nope, hey, you're watching a horror movie. Hmm. And I think that this movie, you know, in that scene, the whole scene is making you think that, okay, you know, they're going to reconcile and she's going to be on her side again. And the way that they're starting to talk and she opens up to her and makes her believe that maybe she didn't write that email because she said something really genuine about liking her. Her sister was just kind of um, a bad person too. Not that she deserved to die, but she was kind of the worst. <laughs> really? Um, how, what'd she do what, in, in your mind? I mean, like, look, after what she's gone through, she should like actually, you know, maybe not like totally just shut her out because of the email and like, uh, and, and all that. I, I, I do think that's fair. I, although I can't, you know, imagine if, what it'd be like if my, you know, I wouldn't save my sister and, you know, they. If, she, if, she, if she's coming right back, if she's coming right back to her, de- she's coming right back to her denying it. She's got to like actually think twice instead of just like uh, instead of like shutting her out. But she does. She does agree to meet her at the restaurant, and that ends up being a uh, a deadly mistake. Uh, but no, I was just, I, I was curious about the reaction that got because that was obviously one of the more shocking moments in the movie. And I was at, I, I went on Friday night, so there was just a more full theater, and that was quite the reaction that it got. But uh, she ends up, I mean, understandably, like the whole restaurant looks at her. It makes sense that she would get thrown in jail. Uh, or thrown in a psych ward, I guess, because she, I guess, because of the way she reacted, they thought a psych ward was more appropriate. Uh, and then uh, Adrian's able to just like kind of slither in there and uh, haunt her from there, and uh, it's it's determined that she's had a baby, and then he wants to make sure that the the baby uh, ends up uh, being born and uh, figure out. I guess they get they get word to uh, his brother gets word to uh, Cecilia that. Uh, Hey, I can make all this go away if you agree to go back to him and uh, raise the baby. Making it clear that the brother was also somehow kind of in on this to some extent, and then as a way to kind of lure him out, she steals a pen from the brother, uh, pretends to stab her, pretends she's going to commit suicide to get him to uh, reveal himself, and then stabs his suit and it malfunctions, and he goes on a basically a murder spree and gets out of the psych ward. And uh, there's a final tussle back at the house before uh, the very final scene back at Adrian's house, which we'll which we'll talk about. But at the house, it's uh, it's revealed that the at least in the suit when they get back to the house after that whole entire thing, uh, it was actually the brother in the suit. And then a whole entire group of people uh, find Adrian uh, sealed in a uh, uh, sealed in a uh, behind a wall back at his house. Uh, what did you think about just the entire uh, all of that entire last uh, act of the movie? Because it was all very exciting. It was well acted. I liked a lot of the action, and I thought all the again. I thought the performances are all very good. But I had some, I had some nitpicks. I don't know. What did you think about all that? I didn't think it was. <clears throat> believable about you know that he was they believed right away oh that he was locked behind his house and that he was you know allowed to go back to you know living his life right away with no questions i mean or that, I she, or that she was because here's here's my thought my first thought was that yeah we're in the courts well well okay well maybe enough to i and i i get it like i mean 
maybe you're supposed to suspend some disbelief for some stuff and maybe some details just aren't as important in the bigger scheme of a movie like this but at the same time there was this whole to-do made about her actually being framed for a murder and uh i'm thinking like as he's going on this murder rampage through the psych ward they're gonna maybe find out she's not crazy because there's gonna be security footage there obviously and maybe they'll they'll know she's not responsible for that and that there's someone else out there but at the same time uh maybe enough time has lapsed that they've already done all the necessary investigations but my thoughts are like she's just able to go back to living her life even though there's a whole restaurant full of witnesses that saw her with a knife in her hand and her sister murdered with the laying over the dinner table and i'm like okay well maybe they saw the rampage that uh whoever whether i mean we'll talk about whether or not like adrian was actually locked up in his house that whole time or uh because i have a theory maybe there was two there was two suits and both him and his brother were doing it uh and maybe the brother was just like waiting back at that house the whole time because someone got someone got from the psych ward all the way to that house very fast but you know <laughs> either way my thinking was that like all right they, they they're going to look at that security tape from the psych ward and they're going to figure out that like hey uh there's something else going on here it's not she's not really the murderer but at the same time like how does she get exonerated from killing your sister is it that they see that and then they look at the surveillance video from the restaurant and they see that a, a knife just floated in the air and that she didn't do it and that matches up with what they saw on the surveillance footage at the psych ward because if so then like that means that there was surveillance footage of that restaurant and that they could have just like checked that from the start and i was like they, it just seems like she gets out of everything really fast and he gets to go back to living his life very fast and i get it like i mean they, they found him locked up in his uh in his uh house but at the same time are they not going to question him on like how his death ended up getting faked uh, or anything. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it was a two-hour movie, which is kind of long for a horror movie, but at the same time, I feel like as exciting as it was, it did lead, it did raise like a lot of questions that like I think there might have been a way to avoid. Yeah, I think that the belief that, you know, that it was all put on his brother just because he was in the suit and, you know, he got shot dead and, spoiler, and, you know, is that the brother was in there <clears throat> that was just too you know they believed it too easily i mean maybe you could believe that the brother faked his death but uh, i mean for what purpose uh, huh. what was the what was the purpose of of that you know like what would be the purpose of his brother faking his death to terrorize his ex-girlfriend I, I mean they just you know you know this better than you know most you you have to establish some motive and yeah what did, what did the I don't, what did the brother have what was in it for the brother you know, and I think they had established early on that the brother, when he went to, you know, when he spoke to her really early on, it, you know, it looked like he, you know, and maybe he was faking it, but it looked like he, you know, was trying to be, you know, I, I don't know, you know, understanding of the pain that she was in. But and when he showed her the pictures of his, you know, of him on the ground, it, it, you know, <laughs> I think you got the sense right away that the brother was a good guy and. I maybe my memory serves me correctly, but James was sitting, you know, the cop was sitting right there with her when um, she showed him the photos of him, you know, having his death being faked. So, you know, I think there was this reasonable doubt created that the brother was a good guy. Um, so you would wonder why, you know, James, I don't know. I, I don't want to read too far. Yeah, I know. I, I feel bad. I don't want to make you nitpick it if you really enjoyed the movie a lot. It's just something yeah, that I, it's yeah. just something that I thought about again. And I still I wasn't disliking it as I was watching it. I was just like thinking about these things. Yeah. I, you know, if I really tried. I could have all these, um, you know, ways where especially, how you know, James, no offense to him, you know, was kind of portrayed as one of the world's worst cops. And 
you know i mean he's certainly he's not good at sec- certainly not good at securing his own house and locking the doors yeah i mean and and you know he just got this this new ladder and now all of a sudden some guy's living in his attic i mean you know i don't know that, <laughs> that's that's just you know i totally get it um but i i do think it, it did a very good job at at you know consistently making you guess and you know well, so, the, so do you, the establishment do you, of the links between the characters. Well, so do you have a theory? Well do you think? Do you think it was? Uh, do you think? Do you think the the movie leaves it open to interpretation that Adrian was indeed locked in that closet the entire time, or locked behind no, that wall? No, no, I think he totally was. No, I think he, I know that I think he totally was doing it all. Oh, okay. I think that, and I think that here's why. And me, you may know. You yeah. may know why. Do you know why I think this? Though? No, I want to hear what your thoughts are. So when. She gets locked into the psych ward. He reveals himself by saying, surprise. Right, right. And then when he co- – and she's like at the dinner table at the very end, she's like, I just want you to admit that you did it. He says surprise to her in the very same way when he kneels down close to her. Mm-hmm. And that was just his way of confirming it to like what she was saying all along in the movie, She, you know, how – he was confirming it while still making her feel crazy so that she knew the truth, but he wouldn't admit it. And the fact that he wouldn't do it was all the confirmation she needed that it was him all along. And then she took that action when he said surprise it instantly in my mind, I kind of was like, Oh, yep. Yeah. I, 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 I get that that wasn't as subtle for, I get that was more subtle for, but you know, I, I wonder if she would have done, know. I wonder if she would have, uh, I wonder what she would have done if he didn't tip himself that way. Or she still would have just killed him anyway. Uh, I don't know. Because uh, I mean, she—it's I mean, clear that she really never actually. Uh, she thought it was him all along, even before she said that. But that gave her a little more. Uh, uh, that kind of uh, uh, set her off a little more, I would say. So yeah, I think that you know, I think that you believe that, um, you know, she was going there to do it all along because she knew about the cameras and, you know, she, I, you, she knew what would happen because you know, you you had seen her throughout the movie that. You know, even when James was telling her it was the brother, she was, you know, so sure still that it was Adrian that you have to trust her by now that she's proven herself that, you know, when she says, oh, it's 100 percent Adrian still. I think that the movie has done a well enough job to that point at making me like, okay, she's not crazy. She's right that you're supposed to trust her. But to its credit, you know, when you're dealing with a truly invisible man, you really don't know, I guess, what's the truth still. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're ever really. I mean, I, I, it, I guess it, I, I don't need a movie to answer every single question. That's for sure. Uh, and so I'm fine with things here and there being left over to interpretation. As I discussed, I, I don't know. I just had a few nitpicks, but it was still like a really thrilling thing. Uh, I guess it was a little bit of an homage to Gone Girl, too. You know, with her being able to like strategically walk at certain places where the uh, where the cameras wouldn't find her, where she where so she could slip in and out, and uh, before committing a murder with a knife. So I that that was a little that was a little cool tip of the cap there. And I don't know. I, I thought that last sequence was it was very effective and it. It was, it was a cool moment where she just has to like uh, where uh, James sees the invisible suit in the bag and he's just like, well, shit, what do I, I guess I got to like kind of do the uh, slightly not as uh, above board thing and just like turn my blind eye here. And it's like, yep, you got to do that, man. And then she gets to uh, walk off and uh, be very proud of herself. So, I mean, I, I thought it was very satisfying. I uh, and I, I don't I don't I didn't really have a ton else to say about the uh, 
just about the those sequences i mean i i know i kind of yada yada it a little bit when i just ran through the like back half of the movie but i just wanted to kind of get it out and just talk about our theories a little bit and i guess ironically enough my problem might have been a little bit of a yada yada too much of some of those details but i still thought it was just a really effective movie overall and I, it seems like we're in agreement is there is there anything else we didn't already touch on that you wanted to mention Zeus was a good boy. Oh, that's the other thing. So that that is one other nitpick was that I guess we're led to believe the brother or uh, you know or Adrian take care of the dog the time, take care of the dog. But shouldn't it have like raised some eyebrows or kind of concerned her as soon as like she saw the dog when she went back to the house and he was fine? And oh, that, that was total confirmation for her, right? I that guess I, I, I guess I, should, I, I guess it was more confirmation. Like when I, I don't know if that really like raised her eyebrows or not. I guess maybe it was a little bit suspicious to her. She was just kind of like, "Oh, good to see you, buddy." But uh, I, I think she was. And a little he had more the shock collar back on too. I mean, so that was you know she'd taken it off, mm-hmm. um, and you know lost the bottle. You know, if you're really watching the beginning of the movie, she loses the bottle and the shock collar's back on the dog. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think that that was also, you know, Adrian put the shot collar on him. You know, that's got to be the you know the brother wouldn't have done that. I, I don't know, little things like that. You know, right? No, yeah, I, I guess, I guess that, that makes it makes sense. I was just like, huh, that's not. Uh, but I guess she she, she kind of figured out something was up not long after that because at least someone was in there in in the other suit uh, trying to trying to track her down. But uh, uh. I, yeah. Again, I uh, the one other thing I'll say is I, I did I did really like Aldous Hodge's performance as James. I enjoyed him, and I think it's cool that he's getting like do more stuff. He did a little scene movie called Clemency with Alfred Woodard about it. played a guy in Death Row just earlier this year, end of last year. That was really good. But I mean, I go I go way back with that guy to Friday Night Lights when he played uh, Voodoo Tatum, and it was cool to see him then like pop back up and uh, straight out of Compton as MC Ren. And now it's like seems like he's getting to do just have a little bit more of a, mm, of, a, of, a yeah. of, of a movie career, and I'm very happy for him because of that. And I hope he like gets to uh, just you know really keep uh, you know doing a lot of stuff. Apparently, he's gonna. Um, He's going to be in another movie where he's playing Jim Brown in some kind of movie uh, directed by Regina King and also that has Malcolm X and Cassius Clay. So I don't really know if it's like some kind of uh, film involving like famous activist athletes. I'm not really sure, but it seems like he's getting to uh, do like a lot of interesting stuff. So uh, very happy for him. And I like this movie. I just uh, there's just a few things I like that prevented me from like going all out and giving like a full five stars. I just thought it could have filled in a few holes in the script but overall it's like a really great uh time and or i shouldn't say great time because again i was like uh i was like squirming so if you like that kind of thing that makes you feel like that then it's a good one to go see uh, but uh yeah graham i really appreciate you joining us today before you leave do you have anything you want to plug your twitter or any other place or, oh actually I, I forgot i think you have come on since we started doing this but if you want to plug your twitter or anything like that go ahead and do that but we've also started having people plug like something else they're watching if they want to recommend hey check this out i've been watching this on tv or i saw this other old movie recently i thought it was really good so do you have anything you want to plug whether it be yourself or something else oh man i wish i had something to plug i've been watching a lot of 30 for 30 and we've been watching homeland as well right now uh you stuck with homeland. But i really need to get to I'm, I'm i have stuck with homeland we watched it we binged it seasons one through seven last summer and oh, really wow. really liked it so now we're watching it for the first time live and i think i appreciate it even more because you know, the slower scenes when you're binging through and just want to get to what happens next, I, I think you can you lose, you know, a lot of beautiful cinematography and great shots and great sets, especially for Homeland. You know, I, I think that it is one of those shows that's meant to be watched slow, kind of like Breaking Bad. And so I am enjoying it, it a lot. You know, I do, I do see what people say when they say that it retreads territory, but as someone who uh, 
stuck with Dexter till the end. Who am I going to complain about that? So <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter, Graham Hall underscore. I, I currently cover the Florida Gators for the Gainesville Sun newspaper. I'm driving up to Athens tomorrow morning to cover the basketball game. So looking forward to that. You can follow me there and at gatorsports.com and josh i just need to see some more movies man so we can do this again it's always my pleasure to be yeah, here i will obviously and uh, talk with you you do a great job man i will i will bother you if, if there's something that i know is really up your alley that you need to see for sure but uh hopefully uh once basketball season's over maybe you'll be making it to a few other summer movies because i'm sure we'll have plenty of good stuff to see this summer uh as usual i'm josh chernovoy on twitter j-o-s-h-g-u-r-n-o-v-o-y same thing on letterbox and the podcast twitter is rewind movie pod and podcast twitter is the rewind movie pod at gmail.com so everyone can get at us there or get at me there coming up next we will have a podcast on portrait of a lady on fire and then onward coming up after that so everyone stay tuned for that thanks again to graham for joining me and we'll see you next time